Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our uh, current event and weekly Bible study, but this study is a dedicated teaching on Planet X, uh, Nibiru, Planet of the Crossing, this comet, Elenin, um, that particular subject, and how it relates to the day and times that we're living in. This is a listener comment, comment regarding Comet Elenin, which really hadn't been talked about at all up until recently. <clears throat> uh Dr. Johnson, first of all, thank you for all you do and getting the truth out. I've been listening to you for about two years. I look forward to each new teaching that you put out. You presented a lot of information recently on earthquakes, but I hadn't heard you say anything about Comet comet Elenin that has entered our solar system. On March 11th, the day of the Japanese earthquake, I saw a YouTube video that had been posted by uh, Nine Nana, it's the handle they have on YouTube, on March 8th, three days earlier which showed an alignment between Earth and Elenin and the Sun that would happen between March 11th through 15th. <clears throat> and she predicted that a major earthquake was imminent and warned anyone living in a fault zone immediately to flee to, flee to a safer area, no specific location, for the earthquake was given. And then she gives me a link to the YouTube video, and it will be in the 18 to 19 page PDF associated with this teaching for April 4th, 2011, on contendingfortruth.com. PDFs are there. I put them up, every, try to put them up every week, so you can go and explore further about any particular thing that I say. <clears throat> Since the Japanese earthquake had just happened, the accuracy of that video really got my attention. Especially since she showed that a prior alignment of Earth and Elenin and the Sun occurred on February 27, 2010, which was the day of the Chilean earthquake. Now, this kind of stuff kind of starts to get my attention, because now we're talking rubber meets the road here. I mean, she posted this video three days earlier, and it showed an alignment between Earth, Elenin, and the Sun. Now, Elenin is most likely... Nibiru, Planet X. Okay. Um, <clears throat> just so you know. They've just... Now, all of a sudden, NASA's calling it this. So we can get our eyes off. Oh, it's not Planet X. It's not a brown door star. It's this comet. Comet. <clears throat> anyway. So, she showed an alignment between Earth, Elenin, and the Sun that would happen on March 11th through 15th, predicted a major earthquake which was imminent, and warned anyone living in a fault zone to immediately flee. And then on March 11th, we have the Japanese earthquake and tsunami, and sub a subsequent you know, nuclear reactor meltdown, which I've put out many, many emails on that lately. <clears throat> then she also actually... Uh, showed the prior alignment of Earth that Elenin and the Sun occurred on February 27, 2010, which was the day of the Chilean earthquake. A week or so later, I saw another YouTube video posted by In Christ Alive, which I'm going to be playing a video from them soon here, on March 15th, which not only showed the same alignments, but also showed that there was also an alignment between the Earth and Elenin and the Sun, which occurred on September 4th, 2010, which was the day of the first Christchurch, New Zealand earthquake. Remember that one? I'm like, wow, these are two different sources, and now they're all coming up with the same things? Hmm. And I give you the YouTube video if you want to watch it. We don't have time for the sake of this study to play you all the videos. And a lot of them are visual, and you really would want to watch it in, in order to like, really comp appreciate what they're saying. But I give you the link, you can click on it. So, that makes three major devastating earthquakes that all happened on days that there were alignments between the Earth, the Sun, and the so-called common Elenin. That is, is that just a coincidence? If you notice, Elenin was pretty far out in the solar system, between the orbits of Saturn and Jupiter on the 227 alignment, and between the orbits of Jupiter and Mars on the 311-11 alignment. The next major alignment will be September 26th, 2011, when Elenin passes between the Earth and the Sun just inside the orbit of Venus, which makes it nearly six times closer to Earth than it was on March 11th. Six times closer. Now, if it if it was the... Now, I understand that a lot of people out there saying HARP was the only cause. Maybe HARP 
maybe they knew this was going to happen, and they used this alignment of Elenin to kind of grease the skids for this earthquake, and we went over the Illuminati card game, where it showed that Waco clock tower in Japan falling over amidst this cataclysmic disaster, multiple disaster card in Japan, and all these people are running, and that was the Japanese Waco clock, and it was a multiple disaster card, and what did we have? We had a tsunami, no, we had an earthquake, we had the subsequent tsunami, and then we had the nuclear reactor meltdowns, which are still in full swing. Is this all coincidence? And on September 26, 2011, it's going to be six times closer than it was on March 11th. Does this have anything to do with the depopulation? Do you think all the radiation they're letting pour out of those reactors right now, they're pumping it into the sea now? It's covering North, North America? It's covering so much of the globe now? Do you think they're... I mean, I put out so many emails on this, confirming this. The water levels... I mean, th- this one that I was going to put out... Um, here, I mean, this is just the one from today. This is just the, these are just the topics for today on that subject. Uh, radiation leak turns desperate in Japan. Radiation found in California drinking water at eighteen thousand one hundred percent the legal limit. Why isn't this front page nightly news? Eighteen thousand one hundred percent the legal limit of radiation found in California drinking water. Yes. EPA, Boise, rainwater has the highest level of radioactive material and 80 times the amount of iodine-131 allowed in drinking water. Fukushima forecast, radioactive particles concentrated over northwest U.S. on April 6th. You've heard about the radiation in the milk, the radiation in rainwater, the maps that they're using now to actually show the radiation plumes. You think they might be letting all this happen so tons of people will come down with cancer and die? I think so. I've told you many times in the past, they've got to up the ante on this game they're playing. All the things they've done to kill us off have not worked to their liking. And trust me, abortion was one of the main ones they implemented to try to kill off the masses, particularly the black races, which are a disproportionate number of abortions in America are, are from blacks. They've tried to kill off, you know, the blacks in Africa, like you wouldn't believe. They've, you know, the AIDS vaccine, or not the AIDS vaccine, the hepatitis B vaccine of the late 70s, given to gay male populations in Chicago and New York, and these, it's tainted. That's where the AIDS virus actually started. And there's all, I mean, if you look at Dr. Leonard Horowitz's work, on that particular subject. He gives you all the documentation to prove it. And that these these uh, same tainted vaccines were given to Africans. And now look at the AIDS rate over in Africa. I mean, it's like some unbelievable number of, of blacks over there have AIDS. And then they, you know, if they have sex with someone else, they're just passing it on. They're trying to kill us all off. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy that pretty much lines up with his modus operandi, you know? So, going further. <clears throat> okay, so, Ellen passes between Earth and Sun, just inside the orbit of Venus, which makes it six times closer to Earth than it was on March 11th. It will get even closer in October, it will get even closer in October and November when the Earth passes through Ellen's orbit. What is going to happen to on Earth then? Could this actually be Naboo or Planet X, do you think that this has been known about for a long time and has been kept hidden from the public? Well, according to like what Tex Mars said, the occultists have been looking forward to this event for eons, I believe, from an occultic standpoint. Maybe this is why we've seen all this buzz about them building these gigantic underground bunkers. Maybe this is why they're massing all of the Um, storable foods and buying up all the storable foods that they can do. Maybe they're stocking their underground bunkers for the elite. Doesn't it say in the Bible in Revelation that the the kings of the earth and all these people are going to beg for the rocks to fall upon them? They're going to hide in the mountains and they're going to hide in the ground and they're going to beg the rocks to fall on them 
Because there's no, there's no place to hide from Jesus Christ. And his, the wrath of the Lamb, I believe, is how it's referred to in that particular. And yet they're building all these underground bunkers. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Okay, so let's, let's just read those verses. It's kind of an interesting portion of Scripture. Revelation 6, 13-17. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth. And this is talking about... Now remember, the, the third uh, trumpet judgment, and it talks about wormwood, and it says it was... It describes it as a star. Okay, obviously we're not talking about, like, the sun. Okay, because there'd be nothing left of the earth. But in this regard, um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at possibly... You know, something similar to possibly a comet. Maybe like Planet X. Okay. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it was rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. Now again, this implies earthquakes. Every mountain and island were moved out of their place. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens in the rocks of the mountains. And said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. There's no escape. There's no escape at that point for them. Their fate is sealed. They've chosen who they will serve. And it was Satan, and now it's time to pay the price. And for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall stand, and who shall be able to stand? No one. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ wins. They all lose. So anyway, I just thought, you know, all these underground bunkers, and I'm talking some of these underground bunkers are literally like cities. And we don't even understand the technology that we've had. We've had we've had nuclear boring uh, machines, that capability for decades and decades. This country in America and even around the earth is crisscrossed with tunnels where they've got mag, what they call maglever, um, I won't call them trains, but more like monorails, those types of things, that can literally, uh, from, the, from the reports I've heard, they can literally go two, three, four, five times the speed of sound underneath the ground. And we don't even know they're down there. And we've got the technology to create all this stuff. I've, I've even seen the patents for these underground boring machines. They're available. I've, I've even got an attachment on it. And I've even got pictures of these things. And on, on the pictures, it shows military men standing around these things. And it says Air Force on the side. And you think, Air Force? Why would they? Well, that's, that's the particular... Um, that's the particular military branch that they chose to uh, make these machines. And these things melt through rock. And they're nuclear. They're literally nuclear. And they make this really nice black glass-like round cylindrical uh, um, tunnels. They melt the rock. And they can go, I think, anywhere from 4 to 5 miles per hour under the ground and melt rock tunnels and create gigantic places where they can have these areas. And they're all preparing for these cataclysms that are coming. Anyway, a little light-hearted thing there that we discussed. I mean, this is such a light-hearted little whimsical message. I know it's typical of what we get into. But um, let's go further here. Uh, so, do you think that this has been known for a long time and it's been kept hidden from the public? Obviously, yes. Here is an actual program that both videos used from the NASA website. This is from the NASA website, so you can see the alignments are not a hoax. Check the dates for yourself. Now, that link I really didn't understand. I clicked on it, and I'm like, whoa, it's way too technical for me. But um, I put it in here just in case you want to check it out. I would love to hear your take on these events. I know since you always say that the Illuminati through Hollywood always forewarns people, check out the movie Deep Impact from 1998. And I, I hadn't seen that one. Uh, may the Lord Jesus Christ continue to bless you in your ministry. And that was from Drew. Thank you, Drew. Um, God bless you. Let's go further. I just got this video today. Just got this one today. And I felt like, I felt like I'm doing this teaching and I kept feeling like, you know what, I need to check my emails. Because I feel like there might be something more in my emails today where we would have some confirmation here. 
Okay, now, I'm going to play you this video. It's about 10 minutes long. And I'm going to be stopping to comment along the way. Now, we're not done yet. We're just kind of just getting cranked up here in, in regard to some of this information. Let's see here. Here we're it is. We're not in a situation. Okay, now, just so you know, this video uh, is called The World in Review. It's from In Christ Alive again. They must have reposted this. In, in, in Christ Alive was one of the videos that we, we looked at, um, or that was given to me. Uh, this, they, he says, this is an important video, especially for unbelievers to understand how we are on our own during these times of galactic change. Um, God bless you all. Now, this is from LaRoche. LaRochePack.com. Lyndon LaRoche. Now, I'm not saying I endorse the guy. Okay, but most, a lot of what you're going to hear in here is very much truthful, and I think you'll be able to identify that very easily here. Um, I was very surprised to hear them get into this. Now, although they don't name Nabooru and Comet Elenin, they might as well, because they keep referring to this galactic whatever cataclysmic things that are coming, but they don't get into what it actually is. They keep getting into um, these coming earthquakes, but they don't get into the source of it. So that's why I put this here in this study, because I thought it was appropriate place to insert this, because now we've got a little bit of uh, foundational material on Planet X at this point in this study. So let's go ahead and let's see what they have to say. Okay, so we're going to kind of get their take on these things. Now, uh, In Christ Alive entitled this video, Elenin Nibiru Earthquake Defense Warning Programs Cut. And this just came out April 1st. So, um, it was just a few days ago. In which the existence of humanity is being challenged. Now, I believe this is Lyndon LaRoche. This is on his weekly report. He's talking about the existence of humanity is being challenged here. It's being menaced, it's being challenged. It's being challenged by a condition which is a product of a uh, development which is lawful in our galaxy. The process in this galaxy is affecting the behavior of the solar system, the sun most specifically. As a result of that, we have a threat of a chain of events, of uh, crucial events, volcanoes, so forth, uh, which threaten humanity. We then have... Now, that's pretty amazing, considering these guys normally only talk about politics. This is like Lyndon LaRoche. I've never heard him get into things of a coming galactic... uh, changes on Earth and, and, and how they can cause cataclysmic events and these types of things, and it's affecting our sun and, and affecting Earth. And But he won't come out and say it. <laughs> okay? But I think at this point, after seeing and hearing what we've heard so far, if you put two and two together, the only thing I can think of is this Elenin, or Nibiru, or whatever you want to refer to it as. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I believe this is what uh, we're in reference to here, and also <clears throat> what the uh, In Christ Alive, the, the person that posted this, obviously felt as well. And like a wartime project, as we had in World War II, where you have a national defense, in this case not against an invading human enemy, but against a, a problem in the galaxy and in the solar system which threatens humanity's existence on this, this solar system. Okay, so this threat in the galaxy is so big that it literally threatens our existence. Okay, it's, it's what they would refer to as a potential extinction event. Now, that's not going to happen. Okay, it, 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 because the Bible would have warned us of that. Okay, that's not going to happen. But this, they're very, very, very concerned about this, obviously. And these guys are totally about politics. I've never heard them get into a subject like... I mean, not to say that I li- listen to Lynn and LaRoche, but everything I've ever seen come from, as, as always of some type of political, uh, Glass-Steagall Act type 
financial, monetary type of things. So, for him to say this, it was very uh, kind of out of character. We would have the system which would give us reasonable capability in the short term of dealing with these crises. That is, advance warning is what we have as a weapon. And the implementation of action on the basis of advance warning is what we have is the chief means to save lives. So we've got a a number of these satellites. Okay, so advance warning, okay, which is what they're going to show here is being taken away from us, probably on a global scale. Why? Because they want to kill us. And these guys openly tell you that's the reason. They're trying to depopulate the planet. And they're going to use this event to take and catch us unaware... And it's going to sneak up on us like a thief in the night, essentially, and and wipe out a large segment of humanity, which it very well may. I don't know. But this is what they're very concerned about. And now they're going to show you how they're taking at least one key aspect of how the Obama administration is taking this away from us. I had no idea about this. Lights right now, which, uh, on the face of it, are all taking a look at very, very uh, different phenomena. Okay, what he's showing right now are different satellites that are orbiting planet Earth. And these are satellites that have to do with early warning uh, indicators for, I believe, earthquakes and these types of things. Put together, these, these, these we'll see will be as different as you've described in Kepler's work in comparing sight and sound. Each one will give us a completely different picture. They're designed to look at something entirely distinct, but put together, between them, they construct an image of something that's not being looked at by any one of them in particular. Uh, and we'll start with the, the two, two that are very specific, but have been cut by Obama recently. These have been cut by Obama in the last few months. Okay, these are two satellites that have evidently been the... the um their budget or their funding for these satellites or for this program have been totally cut. In the, isn't that funny? In the last couple months. If there's any truth to this Nibiru Elenin type of scenario, and the first convergence took place on March 11th, and the next ones are coming, then um, we're going to go over the specific dates, November, October, into September... Wouldn't that be a good time to cut them? I mean, if you wanted to really take people unawares and, and, and take away the early warning detection capabilities, you're going to start cut, cutting funding for programs that would give you that early warning protection prior to the cataclysmic events, which is exactly what's been done. Uh, the first was this proposed Destiny satellite. Now, when this is typically discussed in the media, there's a lot of green stuff that was tacked onto it in order for them to be able to get funding. <clears throat> But what's not often discussed is the most is probably the most significant part of it, which is that this was designed to be something to monitor the more mundane and literally mundane, the more earthly aspects of uh, of earthquakes, but an important aspect. This would have had a uh, uh, an extensive what could they call lidar? It's a laser radar system that would have been monitoring in detail the changes in in uh, topological changes that are associated with earthquakes and earthquake precursors to start to put together a system of, of to make a very clear, put together a, a picture for us and this would be largely research but a picture for us on the planet of what exactly, what kind of changes would we anticipate prior to an earthquake and potentially be form part of an, of an earthquake warning system we can... so they're taking away this ability and at the same time We've gotten all these dire predictive warnings about the New Madrid fault zone, and also much in California, about those those areas um, <clears throat> basically being locked and loaded, the fault lines, and that you could have this cataclysmic quakes there. Now, if you had enough warning, you could move millions of people out of those areas prior to that event. Yes, it would be a gigantic mess, but still, you would spare millions and millions of lives, but they don't want you to know. And just coincidentally, oh, we had to cut the budget. You know, Obama can go and take 
multi-million dollar vacations, take gigantic entourages out, and I mean, just spend money like, you know, it's going out of style. I mean, just blow it like you wouldn't believe. And yet, they've got to cut funding for this, though. You know, this, which really right now would be incredibly important and could potentially save millions and millions of lives. But they do not want those millions and millions of lives to be saved. They want them to die. So we can show some images of what exactly it looks like. There's some shots of how, what elevation changes would look like as viewed from a LIDAR system. And we can see some of the very clear changes that we saw in particular after this Japanese earthquake. But that was cut. This is one of the things that was just slashed by Obama, uh, ostensibly for budgetary reasons. But this was a tiny drop in the bucket. This is not designed to a question of saving money. You take a look at what's being dumped on the bailouts. You take a look at what's being dumped on all these other inconsequential criminal activities. This is nothing compared to the amount of debt the Glass-Steagall would eliminate. This is nothing. This is not. This is not done to save money. This is done to kill human beings. So therefore, we are not going to save millions of people in the United States who will die, and will die unless Obama is removed from office. I mean, they're really cutting right to the chase here. These guys. I mean, they're they are not sugarcoating things. This is not like Alex Jones. Okay, or, or Steve Quayle, or me, or so, I mean, these guys generally are, you know, not in this mode, typically. And they're flat out saying, what's the result of this? Millions of people dying. That's the goal. That's, they're saying, that's literally the goal. As a result, Obama has to be removed from office. Well, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe that will happen. I don't know. This whole long-form thing, uh, birth certificate thing, you know, I got into that extensively before he was ever, but, you know, once he was elected, I realized, you know, how rigged and, and how unjust. He's an illegal alien. He shouldn't even be here, Obama. He's not even a legal citizen here. And we proved that in, in other studies that we did. But, you know, once the guy, once the devil was in office, I figured it was kind of a moot point to keep beating that dead horse. I didn't want to devote a whole lot of time to it. Okay, yes, we have Satan in the White House. Well, not to say that Satan wasn't in there before. Okay. <clears throat> or a, a, a satanic follower. Um, but now with, you know, all this talk with Trump in the long form, I don't know, and I have heard it theorized and postulated that at some point, what they were going to use Obama for is to basically ruin and destroy this country, which is basically... He, he was going to be like the, the last nail in the coffin in a long succession of presidents that have been used to do this. And I understand they're like puppets on a string. okay? But he was going to be the last one, or one of the last ones, that would truly be used to destroy the company country. It is a company, actually. It's a corporation. That's a whole other study. But um, <clears throat> when he had done his job, when he had filled, fulfilled his mission and his purpose... Then they would possibly come out with something like the long-form birth certificate issue and finally say, you know what, he never was a, a, uh, a citizen or something to discredit him and get him impeached and get him out of office. And then they could look back on him and say, look at this satanic evil guy. We can blame everything on him and use him as the scapegoat. Not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying it may. It may, because there seems this long-form birth certificate thing just doesn't seem to be going away, and since they control the media, they're letting this go. So, we'll see. Let's go back to this video. Because he will prevent, as he's already doing, he is destroying the means of detection by which effective warnings of these kinds of events can hit the people of the United States, in particular. He's referring to Obama. As you just heard in the segments from the weekly report with Lyndon LaRouche, Sky Shields, and John Hopeful, President Obama and his supreme stupidity and negligence has almost single-handedly undertook the destruction of the human species. In the aftermath of the earthquake that struck Japan a few weeks ago, we've discovered from scientific and other circles across the United States, who fear an oncoming level 9 earthquake along the West Coast, 
that our unpreparedness to deal with that prospect comes directly from the budget-cutting policies of Barack Obama. The recent cuts to our satellite earthquake and other monitoring systems, along with the rash cuts uh, to NASA generally, has taken down our first line of defense against an oncoming Level 9 earthquake. And what's more, Obama's policy puts us on a trajectory for extinction in the long term, as our solar system has now come upon a galactic cycle that in the past has provided the Earth with new species, but it has also provided the Earth with a huge extinction of species. Easy with the new species talk there. I mean, you know, what are we going to get in Darwinianism now? But um, notice he's talking about an extinction event. It's this galactic cycle. They won't get specific. But what else could he really be in reference to? Other than this comet Elenin or planet X or Naboo. I mean, what other thing is going on in the solar system right now that could really be causing that? Well, is it just a, what is he reference to? Just a increased solar flare cycle from the sun? Or, you know, I mean, what's causing our poles to migrate? What's causing so much of the things going on right now? I think they know exactly what's causing it, but they don't want to go that far to say the things that we're saying here tonight. And again, that is, I, I know that's what the, um, this In Christ Alive, the person that put up this YouTube video, feels as well, because they have Ellen and Nibiru uh, as the, um, in the title of this uh, video. And that is what you're asking for as long as you tolerate Barack Obama. So the LaRouche Pack basement team will be releasing in the coming days a bill of indictment that makes the case for salvaging the human species by making a very small sacrifice, removing Barack Obama from office immediately. In this document, the basement will name all the active and proposed monitoring systems that have been cut or shut down by the Obama administration, and also cuts to the Army Corps of Engineers and other emergency response programs. The basement report will also document what these technologies can be used for, and particularly how they can be used to prepare us for increased earthquake activity. Now, this is not a matter of just some policy by Obama that you have the option to like or dislike. What Obama is doing is determining what we have the ability to do. For example, today it was reported that the National Academy of Science, in an attempt to become prepared for these earthquakes, issued a report with 18 recommendations to take steps to deal with earthquakes. They admit that their recommendations are bound by uh, the budgetary limitations given to them, which include uh, research to help understand and predict earthquakes, testing and designing better building codes, and also updating standards to allow highways, electric grids, and water systems to continue to function after an earthquake, among other things. Now, while this shows a, a concrete attempt to... Uh, deal with some of these earthquakes by the scientific community, it does not go far enough and does not address the real nature of the problem. What about the relationship of increased solar activity to seismic events on Earth, or the changes in the ionosphere and subsequent mass freakouts and scattering by all kinds of animals preceding earthquakes? Or what about the fact that much of what happens on Earth in general is interacting with cosmic and galactic forces? such that pre preparing for an earthquake means actually understanding that particular relationship. Now, this is the subject of the latter part of the soon-to-be-released basement indictment of Obama, which represents the real challenge before us and will require a wartime mobilization, not begging for scraps from an administration that's trying to kill us, whose argument for killing us is the same monetary argument as that of Adolf Hitler in 1939. The truth is that while the NASA budget for 2011 is only about $18 billion, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan are costing about $160 billion now after we supposedly won those wars. President Obama's Bush-style tax cut ex extension will cost 200 to $500 billion, and most importantly, the bailout, that is costing $700 billion, and probably more than that. So as Sky Shields pointed out today in the weekly report, the only reason for cutting NASA, our satellite programs, and other high-end technological fixtures in our society 
is to reduce the world's population. That is not, in effect, it's the intention. The obvious thing to do is to rid ourselves of this bailout debt and bailout system and free up the credit for those areas that need to be funded, like all areas dealing with our galaxy and its relationship to our planet. And the Glass-Steagall Act will do that. As Mr. LaRouche commented yesterday, this particular thing makes the Glass-Steagall Act a national security priority. And it makes President Barack Obama and what he's doing to prevent that needed action from occurring a national security threat. So preparedness for this period ahead begins with preparing a room, soft, preferably white, with no sharp objects around, to put Obama in after we remove him from office. In the basement... In other words, to put him in a padded room with a straitjacket on, you know, break out the butterfly nets, you know, get him, get him in the old loony bin. Because he, he is, the, the, the man's insane. But again, I understand he's just acting on behalf of his handlers, but still, anyway... Indictment of Obama will serve as a conclusive step to that end. But now, you must prepare your own mind for this fight. So, if you haven't done it already, watch the weekly report in full right now. And also, stay tuned for an expanded presentation of that discussion later. Now, I'm just going to stop there, but that's... um, If you did want to watch that, I'll, I'll give you the link to the thing. It's... The website's up there. Um, it, it's on the the, uh, the video uh, on the description if you wanted to watch that. I don't know what he's going to get into. I don't know whether they're actually going to finally come out and say, yes, this is in re- relation, because they just wouldn't... It's the one thing they wouldn't say about this galactic event. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> this information then comes from somebody that's researched this about as thorough as anybody I've seen up on the internet. Okay? Uh, and, uh, it's entitled, uh, well, I entitled it, Potential Planet X, Nibiru, Elenin, Brown Dwarf, Timetable, Timeline. Because that's the next question a lot of people would have, okay? We have this, suppose it, it's the, it was called a conjunction that happened on March 11th, which coincidentally just happened to be the date of the recent Japanese earthquake and tsunami, Okay. I'm going to read this to you. Important changes must be made to my original brown dwarf timeline based upon updated information. NASA has also updated the Elenin common information that has changed slightly. So he's basing a lot of his calculations, I believe, on NASA's calculations. And he gives all the links to all these things up here. If you want to explore this further, I'll give you all the links you can go to. Uh, but this is an updated brown Nibiru brown dwarf timetable. Uh, <coughs> I'm not going to read you all the dates. I'm going to hit the big ones. But March 11th, Saturn, Nibiru, Earth, Sun, Mars, Jupiter, and Uranus are in alignment, creating gravitational trench for volcano, earthquake, and tidal events to escalate. This is known as the first conjunction. Um, And again, this was the date of the recent Japanese earthquake and tsunami. Uh, The next event is when, June 27th, when Nibiru... Or this common Elenin, I believe, is what they're in reference to. They're just interchangeable terms. Crosses Mars orbit. And then, uh, July 7th, Saturn, Nibiru, Sun are in alignment where the Saturn should show signs of dwarf star assuming polarity control. August 3rd, Nibiru crosses Earth orbit and Earth... uh, reaches Nibiru pedigree orbit angle position. And again, I don't know what a lot of these terms mean. I'm just going to read some of these to you. Uh, there's stuff that happens August 21st, September 11th, September 19th, but September 26th is the second conjunction. And again, I'm not 100% sure what that term means, but they're big events when they have the conjunctions, particularly on how it affects Earth. September 26th, Nibiru passes between the Sun and the Earth for a second alignment. The second shaking um, and for an anticipated geographical pole shift event. So they're saying that's when an actual pole shift may actually occur. Uh, September 26th. So again, <clears throat> take it to the Lord in prayer. Pray fast about it. In in, let's pray that if there's any truth to any of this, that the Lord will confirm this. 
you know, to us individually and hopefully collectively as well. Because the Lord can do that. And I mean, it is, like I said, those other videos that were already posted predicted a lot of things that took place prior to them happening. The Japan earthquake, the Christchurch earthquake, the Chilean earthquake, they were all in major uh, alignments with this Elenin. So, so far their information has been pretty accurate. Now, some of these dates can be actually modified, because as Nassau changes their things, and as maybe they get more information, sometimes these dates change, but they generally don't change by many days. So, we may see a September 26th go to September 27th, or something like that, but that remains to be seen. Uh, Then... More things happen October 2nd, October 17th, and November 14th, and then November 22nd. Nibiru, Earth, and the Sun align for a pole shift reversal event. With, this is the third conjunction. So I believe what they're saying here is from September 26th to November 22nd, we may have an, ap- an actual pole shift. Now the poles are already migrating. Something's pulling at them right now. And I'm going to give you an article. There's been many articles lately proving that. There's there's no doubt about that. Compasses are going crazy. They're not working right. There's been all kind of problems with um, ma- the magnetic poles lately. If we had a geographical pole shift from September 26th to November 2nd, and then at November 2nd, when we get out of Nibiru or Khan Elenin, or whatever you want to call it, it's gravitational field, then at tw- November 22nd, what they're saying is the poles, I believe, would realign. They would, like, our North Pole would be where it would, would normally be at. But can you imagine what would happen from September 26th to November 22nd, if there's any truth to this? Again, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm trying to give you the big picture here. Nibiru will finally be farther from the Earth than the Sun on, on um, February 29, 2012, marking a 163 days from September 19, 2011, that Nibiru is actually nearer our planet than the Sun. A brown dwarf between Jupiter and Sun is approaching Earth from, and he gives the coordinates um, here, and the coordinates, uh, and, and it's approaching at 100,000 miles per hour approximately, covering 2.4 million miles per day from the Orion constellation just below Orion's lower left belt location, and is expected to break through the elliptical plane on March 4th, 2011, which we've already passed that. When Nibiru Earth change symptoms are expected, when Nibiru Earth change symptoms are expected to become far worse, well, we did have the Japanese earthquake on March 11th if that's an indicator. The brown dwarf, and again, we've got seismic activity exploding all over the Earth. I mean, I, there's no way I can possibly report on all this, on all the seismic activity that's going on. Steve Quayle's site is good. They give you multiple current events stories on those types of things on a daily basis, just about. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. The brown dwarf with multiple moons is currently on an inbound trajectory toward the Mercury orbit and located between Jupiter orbit and Mars orbit. The brown dwarf Nibiru is is the object being currently tracked by the NASA as the PSYOP, meaning the psychological operation, known as Leonid Elenin Comet. In other words, NASA is saying, well, we can't call it Planet X and we can't call it Nibiru and we can't call it Wormwood. Let's relabel it as a comet. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pass this comet off, which has all along been this brown dwarf, this planet X, this tenth planet, in this gigantic elliptical orbit. NASA is <coughs> tracking this under the guise of Leonid Elenin comet that is expected to come in alignment with the Sun and the Earth at the first of three conjunctions on March March eleventh, two thousand and eleven, which already happened. Obviously, the date of the Japanese earthquake and tsunami, which is, uh, okay, the dwarf is still too far away for a pole shift on March 11th, and to assume polarity control of the earth from the sun, in other words, the gravitational pole is not enough to actually 
uh, and assume a polarity control, which would cause a pole shift. The first conjunction alignment is actually the first of three shakings or cavitation events that includes no pole shift uh, at all, the first one. The magnetic poles of our planet are not shifting, but are migrating, which confirms these other articles that I'll talk about from the approach of the brown dwarf and the powerful magnetic field and polarity entering our inner solar system. I mean, something's causing our magnetic fields to migrate, our poles to migrate. And you would think that if this, that there was truth to this, that as this thing got near us, we would have more of a migration of the poles as it was attracted more to this other huge gravitational object. You would, you would expect to see migrating of the poles. The dynamic gravitational tug of war between the Sun, Earth, and the brown dwarf star is enhanced by the near alignment of the seven planetary solar bodies at the first conjunction shown in the first diagram above and demonstrated by a red conjunction line depicting extreme gravitational force. The next major event for Nibiru is June 27, 2011, when the dwarf crosses the Mars orbit. <clears throat> and he gives various diagrams. You can click on the links to them. Uh, uh, then we see Nibiru, Elenin, reach a pedigree position, pedigree. Pe- Perigee, I'm sorry, Perigee, position nearest to the sun on September 11th, 2011, which is exactly 10 years from the 9-11 attack. Also kind of interesting. When the dwarf begins its 3,600-year orbit once again. In other words, it gets, it gets to the back of the sun, okay, and then it starts over its orbit again, this 3,600-year orbit. I guess that's the Perigee position. September 26, 2011 marks the day of the second conjunction when Nibiru is only 36.8 million miles from Earth when the dwarf is expected to gain polarity control over the Earth to cause a geo- geological pole shift. That's, that's the date he's predicting, September 26, 2011, when we'd have this geological pole shift. And if that were the case... That is why all those maps that I posted in the PDF, I believe for last week's study, when we were talking about the New Madrid fault line, that's why they redrew those maps, where they have all this water flooding up, the Mississippi River being hundreds of miles wide, the Great Lakes being connected to the Gulf of Mexico through this big river system, Florida being basically washed away, the coastal areas up the East Coast and the Gulf Coast being flooded inland. California and them being flooded inland. And this is why they redrew the maps. Um, <clears throat> with a pole shift, that could easily happen. Not only that, in conjunction with the pole shift, you, you would have the New, New Madrid fault going off and every probably every other fault on the planet, fault line on the planet going off. Um, like a loaded gun. Because, I mean, if anything's going to cause an earthquake, that's going to do it if you have a pole shift. Uh, again, can't say this is going to happen. I'm saying this is what they're saying. From all the information I've been able to glean, they're saying may happen. Going further, there are 14 days between the brown dwarf reaching perigree position and this conjunction with the earth and the sun being equidistant to the dwarf on the seventh day in September, and that's in September 18th. Uh, going further, October 2nd is the day that the brown dwarf crosses the Venus orbit again and begins trekking into the direction of Earth. Our planet is still being pulled towards the sun, but by this time we are being pulled forward into a massive gravity well. Two weeks go by, October 17th, and the brown dwarf crosses the Earth orbit line to pass directly in front of our planet at just 21.57 million miles away, which is the nearest point in our encounter. The brown dwarf crosses the Mars orbit line on November 14, 2011, on the way to the third conjunction on November 22nd, where the Earth passes directly between the two, once again, like on March 11th. This marks the time of geographical, geological pole reversal that tips the Earth back to near its current position. As the sun regains polarity control from Nibiru, racing away from the inner solar system. Now, if you don't understand this, this analogy just kind of popped in my head. Imagine the Earth is kind of like a round magnet. 
And the sun is a round magnet. And Nibiru is a round magnet. Imagine if a round magnet, and I'm talking about a much bigger magnet than Earth, came by Earth, and it was mag- it was magnetized. Now, you know opposites attract. Okay, that's very, very much true for, for magnetics. So, the North Pole of Nibiru, and I'm just using this as an analogy. I'm not saying this is exactly the same scenario. Let's say the North Pole of, of Nibiru is really, 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 it's say it's it's really attracting the South Pole of our of ours. At some point, Nibiru is going to get close enough to Earth where it's actually going to go by, and, it's, it's, and its mass is great enough, and the attraction is great enough, where that South Pole of our Earth actually flips over in space and is attracted to Nibiru as it goes by. Okay, and that's going to last, they're saying, from uh, September 26th all the way to then November 22nd. Okay, there's enough gravitational load, it's close enough to us, where, let's say, for argument's sake, the South Pole gets attracted to Nibiru's North Pole. And then finally, on November 22nd, it's going to be far enough out of range where the Sun will then take over um, uh, the, the Earth will tip back near to its current position as the Sun regains polarity control, magnetic polarity control, from Nibiru, racing away from the inner solar system. And then at that point, it would be just like it is now. The sun will actually regain control over our magnetic field. And then we'll have the North, the, the North Pole, which was tipped on its side, will be flipped up like it is now. But, again, not saying this is going to happen. I'm saying this is what they're saying is going to happen. And I've had a lot of requests for this particular study and this is what I've been able to come up with. Uh, we may get tons of information in the next month. That Who knows? Okay. But for now, this is the information that uh, I've been given. And I've been sitting on a lot of this information for a long time. Uh, next article is Ordinary Compasses Thrown Off by Changes in the Earth's Magnetic Field. This is by Fox News. This is just February 25th. <clears throat> a computer simulation shows... The Earth's magnetic field lines in two poles with blue lines directed inward and yellow lines directed outward. And you you can see a picture of it on the PDF. The Earth's magnetic field is changing at an increasing rate, throwing off airports and altering the aurora borealis, which is the northern lights. And its effect on the ordinary compasses could mean the difference between homebound and hopelessly lost. Earth's northmost magnetic pole or magnetic north is distinct from its geographic North Pole, and the scientists have long known that the, ma- the magnetic poles are on the move, but the magnetic poles have been moving faster lately, sliding towards Siberia at 34 miles per year at a speed that is accelerating 36% over <coughs> excuse me, the last 10 years, according to the United States Geological Survey. Now, this thing's been affecting our gravitational system for a long, long time. It's not just going to be, it's been affecting our gravitational system for a long time. Just like it was perturbing the orbits of Uranus and Neptune, okay, it's been affecting our gravitational field for quite some time. So, um, there's related links here. One's the magnetic north pole shifts, forces runaway closures at Florida airports. I mean, this has just happened. Magnetic north pole shifts? They're forcing runway closures at a Florida airport? Um, and then the next link is, will the Earth's wandering magnetic poles cause deadly superstars? The, the question you have to ask yourself is, what is causing these magnetic poles to wander? There's got to be something there causing it. Uh, here's another video. I'm not going to play this, but you can play it if you want. It's about a 10-minute video, and it's three different people showing, and it's entitled, The North Pole Has Moved Up to 20 Degrees. Magnetosphere Anomaly Compasses Go Haywire. Three different people's take on this particular thing, on this particular problem. Uh, I think this is the last article. Fifteen nuclear reactors are on the New Madrid fault line. Now, this is where the rubber really starts to meet the road. Because if there's any truth in any of this, and we've had all these predictions of this cataclysmic New Madrid fault line event, all these cataclysmic earthquakes in California and elsewhere, and Jesus Christ said there's going to be earthquakes in diverse places, okay, prior to the end times, prior to his return, Okay, so we know that should be the case. 
There's 15 nuclear reactors on the New Madrid fault line. There's nuclear reactors, I mean, where this flooding would occur if these new maps were right. And I've actually got a picture here of from the U.S. Navy of the map of future America. Now, I gave you three maps last week in the PDF. This was the one I didn't have. This is the one that I found. Uh, I've seen it before, I just didn't couldn't locate it prior to the teaching. And essentially, Florida's gone. And hundreds of miles inland up the East Coast, and hundreds of miles wide in the Mississippi River, joining the Great Lakes, uh, inland sea. Literally, California's pretty much gone. Um, <clears throat> and all the nuclear reactors that reside in these areas, many, many, many of them would be totally underwater. Many of them, um, just from, can you imagine the earthquakes that would have to occur for this to happen? Many of them are going to be um, destroyed just from the earthquakes. Now, Fukushima, look what's going on over there. (laughs) Can you imagine this scenario? I mean, we've got... Tons and tons and tons of nuclear reactors here. In fact, I mean, if you go up to, and I've been monitoring this, uh, particularly since the the Fukushima problem, uh, if you go up to, let's see, radiationnetwork.com, they show you all the nuclear reactors in America and in, uh, well, the southern parts of Canada. And I mean, there is a ton of them. A ton of them where I live and around where I live in North Carolina. Uh, tons of them on the eastern seaboard. I mean, they get a little more um, sparse in the west, uh, western, northern, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Idaho, Montana. They're more sparse there in northern Utah, northern Nevada. They're sparse in those areas, but... Man, from the middle of the America over, I mean, we've got dozens of them. If we had this, the earthquake scenario alone, uh, can you imagine? I mean, talk about wanting to depopulate the earth. I can't imagine a better scenario. Coincidentally, when I clicked on the Alaska and Hawaii... Hawaii has one nuclear reactor on one of the islands. I'm not sure exactly which one. It's not the big island. It's the one right next to it. And Alaska has zero. Zero. There's only one nuclear reactor way out in, looks like the Canadian wilderness, like literally, it looks like over a thousand miles away from even the border of Alaska. So, I'm not saying that, you know, you... You do whatever the Lord Jesus Christ tells you to do, okay? And I can't, all I can do is give you the information, um, pray fast about it, do your own research, uh, you know, pray if the Lord, you know, wants you in a different position or a different spot that, you know, he'll open those doors for you. Maybe he doesn't, I don't know, you know, I'm not the voice of the Holy Spirit, I'm just trying to give you information to equip you for the end times, and, um... That was something I found rather rather interesting. But this this map here um, from the U.S. Navy uh, is rather uh, telling here and all the nuclear reactors we have and that so many of them are on the New Madrid fault line. <clears throat> Bob Nations Jr., the director of Shelby County Office Preparedness. The, <clears throat> I believe the Lord just brought something to remembrance here regarding this particular subject, and I had an email, a listener email me these verses, and then I accidentally, I think it got deleted. You know, that sometimes happens. And um, <clears throat> these verse that popped into my head was Psalm 33.7, and I believe there's other verses that confirm this. St. God, talking about God, he gathereth up, he gathereth the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Now you would say, well, how could we have this redrawn map of America? Even if we had a pole shift, if the waters just sloshed, yeah, they would cause flooding, but they would recede. Well, remember that gentleman last week that we heard speak? He was talking about how at the equators, there's literally 
cubic miles more of water at the equator because of the, uh, I believe because of the Earth spinning, gravity, there's other factors there that actually cause a bulging of the waters at the equator. Now, he didn't go into that in great depth. He just pretty much said it as a matter-of-fact thing. I had never heard that before. But that would line up with Psalm 33.7 where it says, God, he gathereth the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. If we did have a magnetic pole shift, <clears throat> that water most likely would break free. From this, gra- because there would be all these gravitational alignments and corrections taking place that would literally cause all that water that had been gathered together as a heap on the equators to ba- basically be released all at once. And maybe that wouldn't even go back until we actually had a realignment of the poles. I don't know. Just something to think about. Um, and it also says he layeth up the depth in storehouses. Well, I mean, if he had enough water to flood the whole world, and I mean, if there were mountains in those days, it would have to be, you know, many feet above the highest mountain, Noah's day, well, then he's obviously got enough water in storehouses that we're not aware of to do it again. That's another thing to think about. So, anyway, that's just something, um, you know, I just wanted to kind of throw in there. Let's go back to this article. Bob Nations, Jr., the director of the Shelby County Office of Preparedness, says that since the lack of preparation exposed by Hurricane Katrina, he is preparing for a catastrophic event in his six-county jurisdiction. Now, again, this is in the this whole New Madrid fault zone area. Nations admits that after a major quake, Tennessee's infrastructure and response capabilities would get overwhelmed fairly quickly. There are 15 nuclear power plants in the New Madrid fault zone, three reactors in Alabama that are of the same or similar design as the site in Japan experiencing problems. (laughs) That's comforting. So they got 15 nuclear power plants in the New Madrid fault zone, three of them in Alabama that are the same or similar design, which we know those are designed really well. I mean, look how well things are going there. Their containment efforts, everything they're doing is just, you know, right down the line. It's a very corrupt company, that Tokyo Electric, that has those. Um, And here we have same or similar designs to these Japanese reactors. The USGS report predicts that a major quake would create horrific scenes like something out of a science fiction movie, potentially cutting off the eastern part of the country from the west in terms of vehicular traffic and road commerce. The older highways and railroad bridges that cross the Mississippi River, as well as older overpasses, would likely be damaged and collapse in the event of a new Madrid Fault earthquake. In September, FEMA's Associate Minister for the Response and Recovery, William Carwile, told a Senate panel that FEMA has a five regional groups planning for possible earthquake responses, but a major quake along the new Madrid Fault line could displace 7.2 million people and knock out numerous bridges. Uh, <clears throat> another study by Mid-America Earthquake Center last year estimates that in nearly 750,000 buildings would be damaged, 3,000 bridges would potentially collapse, 400,000 breaks and leaks to, to local pipelines, and $3 billion in direct damage, and $6 billion in indirect losses would occur. So that's all I have for today. <clears throat> that will you know, be about an 18-page PDF, again, associated with the teaching for... April 4th, 2011. Uh, Again, I'm not making a blanket endorsement of this. I'm I'm not saying that, you know... But I wanted to equip you as much as I could with the information that I have in my disposal. Um, Remember, these verses... There is no fear, First John 4, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Hebrews 13.6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I always want to bring you back to the scriptures and ground you in those, because that is our, truly our, our hope. Our, our hope is in the Word of God, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us, Lord. I do pray, God, that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that 
whatever truth or deception lies in this information that, that we just covered, that you would continue to either confirm or unconfirm this particular information, Lord. This, this information, Lord, I know has been out there for a long time. And it just seems that a lot of things are happening that would confirm this to a certain degree. But, as Solomon would say, I'm as but a little child. I know not whether to come in or go out apart from you, Lord. So I pray that your truth and your, for your truth and your intervention and, um, for you to open the doors, Lord God, that we would act, uh, have foreknowledge, forewarning, that we would have discernment regarding this matter, uh, that we would have wisdom and understanding and knowledge regarding these things in the days and time to come, Lord God, that you would give us ample warning that if you do want us to relocate, the Bible says a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Whatever you would have us do in our individual respective basis as Lord, I just pray, God, that we would be obedient to those things. <clears throat> For obedience is better than sacrifice. Um, I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we have committed in any way, shape, or form. And that, Lord God, that we would forgive any that have sinned against us. That the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. We thank you, Lord God, for all your goodness and your mercy. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.